Welcome to the Weekly Holy Reading with Bree. Each week I guide you and prompt you through a portion of Scripture with the discipline of Lectio Divina. If you're not familiar with what Lectio Divina is, I encourage you to go listen to the first episode where I briefly explain the discipline and talk about the process and different stages of Lectio Divina. Go ahead and get your Bible and journal ready and prepare to meditate on God's Word. This week, we will be reading Revelation chapter 11. Let's begin our time by quieting our hearts and our minds and looking upon the face of Jesus. I want you to close your eyes and turn your focus onto the presence of God in your life. He is here. He is waiting for you to turn your eyes on Him. In your imagination, I want you to go somewhere. Go somewhere beautiful. You're going to meet Jesus in this beautiful place. Do you see yourself walking up to him? Now, Sit beside him. Are you shoulder to shoulder? Are you in his arms? Holding his hand? He knows your every need. His desire is to mend and heal. His desire is to uphold and strengthen. His desire is to give power and wisdom. Ask Him. Now, I want you to ask him, Jesus, show me the love that you have for me. Jesus, show me the love that you have for me. 
1 John 3, 1-3 See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as he is pure. You are his child. You're not an orphan. You are his blood-bought child. Breathe in the confidence of knowing the power inside of you. Breathe in the confidence of knowing the inheritance that you have in Him. As I was preparing this time, I began to picture a group of women me sitting with with all of my sisters in Christ and I and I saw each one of us with golden crowns robes of righteousness as we sat as sisters as we sat being soldiers and warriors for our God sit in that sit in the hope of you being his child. Sit in the hope of knowing you have sisters standing beside you. Sit in the hope of knowing that you are a warrior in God's victorious army. Stand in confidence of who you are and who you will be. O Lord, we come to you in confidence and knowing who we are in you. Come and speak to us through your holy word. We do not take these words lightly. We come to listen, knowing these words are sacred and holy. Fill us up with your word today. Amen. Turn to Revelation. Chapter 11 As I read, instead of thinking about destruction, I want you 
to focus on God's creativity and His perfect plan. Revelation chapter 11 Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. But do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for forty-two months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for one thousand two hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. They have the power to shut the sky, that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying, and they have the power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom in Egypt, where their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from the peoples of the tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to be let them placed in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them, and they stood up on their feet, and a great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies watched them. And at that hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to God of heaven. The second woe has passed. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in the heavens saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun 
terrain. The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both great and small, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. I'm going to read chapter 11 again. Now, instead of thinking about death, I want you to think about God's perfect graciousness. Revelation chapter 11 Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. But do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for forty-two months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for one thousand two hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. They have the power to shut the sky, that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying, and they have the power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom in Egypt, where their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from the peoples of the tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to be let them placed in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them, and they stood up on their feet, and a great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies watched them. And at that hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell, 
7,000 people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to God of heaven. The second woe has passed. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in the heavens saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both great and small, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. Now I want you to spend some time journaling. What did the Lord point out to you about his creativity and his perfect plan? In this chapter, what did you learn about God's graciousness? Pause and do that. Now I'm going to read the praises again. Verses 17 through 19. I want you to watch and listen for what is being pointed out to you. How does God want you to praise him? Verses 17 through 19. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. Now spend some time praying and praising the eternal praises of our King. Pause and do that.
Oh Lord, we live in a world where it seems as though evil reigns, liars are successful, and those who are unethical prosper. But your wrath will come. You sit on the throne, waiting with your perfect timing, ready to judge righteously. May the knowledge of this take away my desire to judge others, knowing that you will and have judged perfectly. And the time will come when when you reward your servants, your prophets, and your saints, and, and those who fear your name. Lord, put that truth deep down in my heart. May the hope of your reward restore us, sustain us, and and carry us through. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done, King Jesus. Take your power and reign. Amen. As I was worshiping the Lord, at the end of chapter 11, I was, I was taken back to the other worship scenes in the earlier chapters. Something that struck out to me was that in the midst of the judgment and all the tribulation, praise and worship does not cease. The angels and the saints and the creatures around They aren't questioning King Jesus and why he is allowing these things to happen. They aren't questioning his love for his people. They're not questioning whether he is a good God. They are calling out and singing the truth. They have their eyes fixated on him, embracing his glory claiming his reign over all the heavens, the earth, and under the earth. And and perhaps that is how we should be living our lives. Not fixated on the turmoil of the present, questioning if King Jesus knows what he is doing. Not fixated on the past, asking him, why he let those things happen. Not fixated on the future, worrying about what is to come, but being fixated on King Jesus, claiming what is good and true and beautiful about him. O Lord, give each one of us the grace and the strength to keep our eyes on you so that we can rise above the petty issues of life and look upon this world and our circumstances 
and the people around us with a heavenly perspective. Lord, may we take this knowledge of you into our outward responsibilities today so that we can show your love to the people around us and be transformed to be more like you. Amen.